Act Four of the First Part of Tamburlaine the Great by Christopher Marlowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One. Enter the Soldan of Egypt, Capolin, Lords, and a Messenger. Awake, ye men of Memphis! Hear the clang of Scythian trumpets! Hear the basilisks that, roaring, shake Damascus's turrets down! The rogue of Volga holds Anacrete, the Soldan's daughter for his concubine, and, with a troop of thieves and vagabonds, hath spread his colors to our high disgrace, while you faint-hearted base Egyptians lie slumbering on the flowery banks of Nile as crocodiles that unaffrighted rest while thundering cannons rattle on their skins. Nay, mighty Soldan, did your greatness see the frowning looks of fiery Tamburlaine, that, with his terror and imperious eyes, commands the hearts of his associates? It might amaze your royal majesty. Villain, I tell thee, were that Tamburlaine as monstrous as Gorgon, prince of hell, the Soldan would not start a foot from him. But speak, what power hath he? Mighty lord, three hundred thousand men in armor clad, upon their prancing steeds disdainfully, with wanton paces, trampling on the ground. Five hundred thousand footmen, threatening shot, shaking their swords, their spears, and iron bills, environing their standard round, that stood as bristle-pointed as a thorny wood their warlike engines and munition exceed the forces of their martial men nay could their numbers countervail the stars or ever drizzling drops of april showers or withered leaves that autumn shaketh down yet would the soldan by his conquering power so scatter and consume them in his rage that not a man should live to rue their fall so might your highness had you time to sort your fighting men and raise your royal host but Tamburlaine by expedition advantage takes of your unreadiness. Let him take all the advantages he can. Were all the world conspired to fight for him, nay, were he the devil, as he is no man, yet in revenge of fair Zanaquite, whom he detaineth in despite of us, this arm should send him down to Erebus to shroud his shame in darkness of the night. Pleases your mightiness to understand his resolution far exceedeth all the first day when he pitcheth down his tents white is their hue and on his silver crest the snowy feather spangled white he bears to signify the mildness of his mind that satiate with spoil refuse his blood but when aurora mounts the second time as red as scarlet is his furniture then must his kindled wrath be quenched with blood not sparing any that can manage arms but if these threats move not submission black are his colours black pavilion his spear his shield his horse his armour plumes and jetty feathers menace death and hell without respect of sex degree or age he raiseth all his foes with fire and sword. Merciless villain, peasant, 
ignorant of lawful arms or martial discipline. Pillage and murder are his usual trades. The slave usurps the glorious name of war. See, Capelin, the fair Arabian king, that hath been disappointed by this slave of my fair daughter and his princely love, may have fresh warning to go war with us, and be revenged for her disparagement. Excellent. Act Four, Scene Two. Enter. Tamburlaine, Tachelis, Theridimus, Usumcasane, Xenocrate, Anipe, two Moors, drawing Bajazeth in a cage, and Zabina following him. Bring out my footstool. They take Bajazeth out of the cage. Ye holy priests of heavenly Mahomet, that sacrificing slice and cut your flesh, staining his altars with your purple blood, make heaven to frown, and every fixed star to suck up poison from the Moorish fens, and pour it in this glorious tyrant's throat. The chiefest god, first mover of that sphere enchased with thousands ever-shining lamps, will sooner burn the glorious frame of heaven than it should so conspire my overthrow. But villain, thou that wishest this to me, fall prostrate on the low disdainful earth, and be the footstool of great Tamburlaine, that I may rise into my royal throne. First shalt thou rip my bowels with thy sword, and sacrifice my heart to death and hell before I yield to such a slavery. Base villain, vassal, slave to Tamburlaine, unworthy to embrace or touch the ground that bears the honour of my royal weight. Stoop, villain, stoop, stoop, for so he bids that may command thee piecemeal to be torn, or scattered like the lofty cedar trees struck with the voice of thundering Jupiter. Then, as I look down to the damned fiends, Fiends, look on me, and thou, dread god of hell, with ebon scepter strike this hateful earth, and make it swallow both of us at once. Tamburlaine gets upon him into his chair. Now clear the triple region of the air, and let the majesty of heaven behold their scourge and terror tread on emperors. Smile, stars that reigned at my nativity, and dim the brightness of your neighbor lamps, disdain to borrow light of Cynthia. For I, the chiefest lamp of all the earth, first rising in the east with mild aspect, but fixed now in the meridian line, will send up fire to your turning spheres, and cause the sun to borrow light of you. My sword struck fire from his coat of steel, even in Bithynia when I took this Turk, as when a fiery exhalation wrapped in the bowels of a freezing cloud, fighting for passage makes the welkin crack and casts a flash of lightning to the earth. But ere I march to wealthy Persia, or leave Damascus and the Egyptian fields, as was the fame of Clymenes' brain-sick son that almost brent the axle-tree of heaven, so shall our swords, our lances, and our shot fill all the air with fiery meteors. Then when the sky shall wax as red as blood, it shall be said I made it red myself to make me think of naught but blood and war. Unworthy king, that by thy cruelty unlawfully usurpest the Persian seat, darst thou, that never saw an emperor before thou met my husband in the field, being thy captive, thus abuse his state, keeping his kingly body in a cage, that roofs of gold and sun-bright palaces should have prepared to entertain his grace, and treading him beneath thy loathsome feet, 
whose feet the kings of Africa have kissed? You must devise some torment worse, my lord, to make these captives rein their lavish tongues. Xenocrate, look better to your slave. She is my handmaid slave, and she shall look that these abuses flow not from her tongue. Chide her in it. Let these be warnings, then, for you, my slave, how you abuse the person of the king, or else I swear to have you whipped stark naked. Great Tamburlaine, great in my overthrow, ambitious pride shall make thee fall as low, for treading on the back of Bajazeth, that should be horsed on four mighty kings. Thy names and titles and thy dignities are fled from Bajazeth and remain with me that will maintain it gainst a world of kings put him in again they put him into the cage is this a place for mighty bajazeth confusion light on him that helps thee thus there whilst he lives shall bajazeth be kept and where i go be thus in triumph drawn and thou his wife shalt feed him with the scraps my servitors shall bring thee from my board for he that gives him other food than this shall sit by him and starve to death himself. This is my mind, and I will have it so. Not all the kings and emperors of the earth, if they would lay their crowns before my feet, shall ransom him or take him from his cage. The ages that shall talk of Tamburlaine, even from this day to Plato's wondrous year, shall talk how I have handled Bajazeth. These moors that drew him from Bithynia to fair Damascus, where we now remain, shall lead him with us wheresoe'er we go. Ticelles and my loving followers, now may we see Damascus' lofty towers, like to the shadows of Pyramides, that with their beauties grace the Memphian fields, the golden stature of their feathered bird that spreads her wings upon the city walls, shall not defend it from our battering shot. The townsmen mask in silk and cloth of gold, and every house is as a treasury. The men, the treasure, and the town are ours. Your tents of white now pitched before the gates, and gentle flags of amity displayed. I doubt not, but the governor will yield offering Damascus to your majesty. So shall he have his life and all the rest. But if he stay until the bloody flag be once advanced on my vermilion tent— he dies, and those that kept us out so long. And when they see me march in black array, with mournful streamers hanging down their heads, were in that city all the world contained, not one should scape, but perish by our swords. Yet would you have some pity for my sake, because it is my country, and my father's? Not for the world, Xenocrate, if I have sworn. Come, bring in the Turk. Exeunt. Act Four, Scene Three. Enter the Soldan, King of Arabia, Capolin, and soldiers with streaming colors. Methinks we march as Meleager did, environed with brave Argolian knights, to chase the savage Caledonian boar, or Cephalus with lusty Theban use against the wolf that angry Themis sent to waste and spoil the sweet Aeonian fields. A monster of five hundred thousand heads, compact of rapine, piracy, and spoil, the scum of men, the hate and scourge of God, raves in Egyptia and annoyeth us. My lord, it is the bloody Tamburlaine, 
a sturdy felon and a base-bred thief by murder raised to the persian crown that dare control us in our territories to tame the pride of this presumptuous beast join your arabians with soldan's power let us unite our royal bands in one and hasten to remove damascus's siege it is a blemish to the majesty and high estate of mighty emperors that such a base usurping vagabond should brave a king or wear a princely crown renowned soldan have you lately heard the overthrow of mighty bajaseth about the confines of bithynia the slavery wherewith he persecutes the noble turk and his great empress i have and sorrow for his bad success but noble lord of great arabia be so persuaded that the soldan is no more dismayed with tidings of his fall than in the heaven when the pilot stands and views a stranger's ship rent in the winds and shivered against a craggy rock yet in compassion to his wretched state a sacred vow to heaven and him i make confirming it with ibis's holy name that tamburlaine shall rue the day the hour wherein he wrought such ignominious wrong unto the hallowed person of a prince or kept the fair zanacrate so long as concubine i fear to feed his lust let grief and fury hasten on revenge let tamburlaine for his offences feel such plagues as heaven and we can pour on him I long to break my spear upon his crest, and prove the weight of his victorious arm. For fame, I fear, hath been too prodigal in sounding through the world his partial praise. Capelin, hast thou surveyed our powers? Great emperors of Egypt and Arabia, the number of your host united is a hundred and fifty thousand horse, two hundred thousand foot, brave men-at-arms, courageous and full of hardiness, as frolic as the hunters in the chase of savage beasts amid the desert woods my mind presageth fortunate success and tamburlaine my spirit doth foresee the utter ruin of thy men and thee then rear your standards let your sounding drums direct our soldiers to damascus's walls now tamburlaine the mighty soldan comes and leads with him the great arabian king to dim thy baseness and obscurity famous for nothing but for theft and spoil to raise and scatter thy inglorious crew of scythians and slavish persians Exeunt. act four scene four a banquet set out and to it come tamburlaine all in scarlet Xenocrate, Theridamus, Techelis, Usumkasane, Bajazeth drawn in his cage, Zabina, and others. Now hang our bloody colours by Damascus, reflexing hues of blood upon their heads, while they walk quivering on their city walls, half dead for fear before they feel my wrath. Then let us freely banquet, and carouse full bowls of wine unto the god of war, that means to fill your helmets full of gold, and make Damascus' spoils as rich to you as was to Jason Colchos' golden fleece. And now, Bajazeth, hast thou any stomach? Ay, such a stomach, cruel Tamburlaine, as I could willingly feed upon my blood-raw heart. Nay! thine own is easier to come by pluck out that and twill serve thee and thy wife well xenocrate ticelles and the rest fall to your victuals fall to and never may your meat digest ye furies that can mask invisible 
dive to the bottom of Avernus' pool, and in your hands bring hellish poison up, and squeeze it in the cup of Tamburlaine, or, winged snakes of Lerner, cast your stings and leave the venoms in this tyrant's dish. And may this banquet prove as ominous as Progne's to the adulterous Thracian king that fed upon the substance of his child. My lord, how can you suffer these outrageous curses by these slaves of yours? To let them see, divine Xenocrate, I glory in the curses of my foes, having the power from the imperial heaven to turn them all upon their proper heads. I pray you give them leave, madam. The speech is a goodly refreshing for them. But if his highness would let them be fed, it would do them more good. Sirrah, why fall you not too? Are you so daintily brought up you cannot eat your own flesh? First, legions of devils shall tear thee in pieces. Villain, knowest thou to whom thou speakest? Oh, let him alone. Here, eat, sir. Take it from my sword's point, or I'll thrust it to thy heart. Bajazeth takes the food and stamps upon it. He stamps it under his feet, my lord. Take it up, villain, and eat it, or I will make thee slice the bronze of thy arms into carbonados and eat them. Nay, to a better he kill his wife, and then she shall be sure not to be starved, and thee be provided with a month's victual beforehand. Here is my dagger. Dispatch her while she is fat, for if she live but a while longer she will fall into a consumption with fretting, and then she will not be worth the eating. Dost thou think Mohammed will suffer this? "'Tis like he will, when he cannot let it. "'Go to, fall to your meat. "'What, not a bit? "'Belike he hath not been watered to-day. "'Give him some drink.' "'They give Bajazeth water to drink, "'and he flings it on the ground. "'Fast and welcome, sir, while hunger make you eat. "'How now, Xenocrate, doth not the Turk and his wife "'make a goodly show at a banquet?' "'Yes, my lord.' Methinks tis a great deal better than a concert of music. Yet music would do well to cheer up Xenocrate. Pray thee, tell why art thou so sad. If thou wilt have a song, the Turk shall strain his voice. But why is it? My lord, to see my father's town besieged, the country wasted where myself was born, how can it but afflict my very soul? If any love remain in you, my lord, or if my love unto your majesty may merit favour at your highness' hands, then raise your siege from fair Damascus' walls, and with my father take a friendly truce. Xenocrate, were Egypt Jove's own land, yet would I with my sword make Jove to stoop. I will confute those blind geographers that make a triple region in the world, excluding regions, which I mean to trace, and with this pen reduce them to a map, calling the provinces, cities, and towns after my name and thine, Xenocrate. Here at Damascus will I make the point that shall begin the perpendicular. And wouldst thou have me buy thy father's love with such a loss? Tell me, Xenocrate. Only still wait on happy Tamburlaine, yet... Give me leave to plead for him, my lord. Content thyself. His person shall be safe, and all the friends of fair Xenocrate, if with their lives they will be pleased to yield, or may be forced to make me emperor. For Egypt and Arabia must be mine. 
feed you slave thou mayst think thyself happy to be fed from my trencher my empty stomach full of idle heat draws blood humours from my feeble parts preserving life by hastening cruel death my veins are pale my sinews hard and dry my joints benumbed unless i eat i die eat badges f let us live in spite of them looking some happy power will pity and enlarge us here turk wilt thou have a clean trencher ay tyrant and more meat soft sir you must be dieted too much eating will make you surfeit so it would my lord especially having so small a walk and so little exercise a second course is brought in of crowns theridamus ticelles and cassinet here are the cates you desire to finger are they not ay my lord but none save kings must feed with these tis enough for us to see them and for tamburlaine only to enjoy them well here is now to the soldan of egypt the king of arabia and the governor of damascus now take these three crowns and pledge me my contributory kings i crown you here theridamus king of argier ticelles king of fez and usum cassinet king of morocco how say you to this turk these are not your contributory kings nor shall they long be thine i warrant them kings of argier morocco and of fez you that have marched with happy tamburlaine as far as from the frozen plage of heaven unto the watery morning's ruddy bower and thence by land unto the torrid zone deserve these titles i endow you with by valour and by magnanimity your birth shall be no blemish to your fame for virtue is the fount whence honour springs and they are worthy she investeth kings and since your highness hath so well vouchsafed if we deserve them not with higher meeds than erst our states and actions have retained take them away again and make us slaves well said theridamus when holy fates shall establish me in strong Egyptia, we mean to travel to the Antarctic Pole, conquering the people underneath our feet, and be renowned as never emperors were. Xenocrate, I will not crown thee yet, until with greater honours I be graced. Exeunt. End of Act Four.